I, in just under a year now, have made the Universal Championship the most important championship I've ever had. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Out of Character with me, Ryan Satin. I am so excited for this week's guest. It's the biggest name that we have had on Out of Character yet. He's a two-time and current Universal Champion, three-time WWE Champion, former Intercontinental United States and Tag Team Champion, former Royal Rumble winner. He's a Grand Slam Champion. He's the Tribal Chief. Everyone, please welcome to Out of Character, the head of the table, Roman Reigns. Roman, thank you so much for taking the time to do this today. My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. So I start off every episode with the same question, and I'm gonna hit you with this one. How much of your real true self is there in the character of Roman Reigns? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, a lot, pretty much all of me, um, you know, and a lot of uh, what I put on, on screen is just, you know, um, scenarios different situations um different emotions that i've i've truly felt um but i, I think for me within my character I, i'm just you know i'm able to do a lot of things that i don't like to do in real life you know i i'm, I'm not much of a outside of just to my like my daughter which is like i'm good at like being a goofball and bragging to like on a little kid level like just as like a rib and just messing with her to where she can roll her eyes um but i've just i've never really been um an overly cocky person you know i've always believed in hard work and uh you know putting putting everything in into whatever you want to do to try to be the best is it fun for you to be able to access that part of your emotions since you don't normally get to do it in your day-to-day -day life it's the best. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. You know, when I was interviewing Charlotte, she talked about how creating this character that she wanted on TV helped her personal life because she created this image of like who she thought she should be. Have you taken any, now that you are acting a little more cocky on TV, have you taken anything from your character and, and those emotions and kind of applied it to your daily life at all? Um, like being more confident every day or, or anything like that? Well, no, I mean, not, I'm, I've always been confident, you know what I mean? And I, I think that goes, uh, you know, through through the work ethic and, and, and being a, like a competitive spirit. Um, so I've always been very confident in my abilities and, and, you know, my mindset of what I want to do or where I think I need to go um, or how I need to progress myself. Um, but I don't know, you know, my... my the, the head of the table, he's, he's a, as, as Cena said, he's a real asshole, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to know a little bit more about you before we get into the wrestling stuff, because I feel like, you know, you're not a guy who's on social media talking about, you know, the things that you like or don't like. You're pretty, uh, you know, pretty about the business kind of guy. Uh, I want to know this. What music are you listening to these days? Who are some of your favorite bands or artists? I like a little bit of everything, you know, and I've always said it's it's very uh, it's a very broad statement, but uh, if it sounds good, I like it, you know, and I, I don't really discriminate. I, don't, I have no prejudice towards any any genre of music. I think there's uh, you know there there's a right time for a little bit of everything, but if I had to narrow it down, I, I think rap would probably be my number one, you know, if if I had to like gun to my head pick one, probably rap. Is there an album that you have in rotation right now? 
Um, oddly enough, uh, which uh, he's you know obviously a DJ due to his name and and his uh, what he does. But DJ Khaled's uh, I think it's like Khaled Khaled. I, I like uh, I like his stuff because he brings artists together. So it's kind of a uh, it's got a lot of range and a lot of uh, you know different turns and twists uh, throughout the album. Yeah, I, uh, I, it's he's someone I've never been able to get into. I've, I've right now I'm listening to whatever I can listen to of the Kanye album just because it's not out yet. But he put like little snippets out, so I've been trying to try to find the full album somewhere, just patiently waiting for it to come out. Yeah, he's like one of the, as a lot of the DJs are, where you have to kind of get past that portion of where it's like they're always saying their name or they're always like <laughs> putting their gimmick in in there. But I, I think like as a gimmick myself, like after a while, it kind of, you know, grows on you. You get conditioned to it to where you're like, it becomes a like a joke at first. And then you just like say it. And like me and my son say it all the time, you know, like uh, we the boy, we, we, we have this thing. We always say we the boys because there's so many of us now. Um, but we and then one of my sons heard DJ Khaled say, uh, what's his, what's he say? Uh, um we we the best and he he always says one of my sons always says we the best music we the best boys music or something like that it's it's uh you know dad funny but um <laughs> but yeah it's one of those things you just kind of get used to it um and it kind of grew on me well and talking about kids and you know your kid is now you know your kids are growing up around the industry but you grew up around the wrestling industry as well what do you remember what your earliest memory of pro wrestling was You know, I don't know. I don't know if it's like uh, just as I've gotten older and like I've built so many different memories, but I've kind of lost uh, a few of them. And, and when I see those pictures of me with Hulk Hogan or Macho Man, um, I, I don't really remember them that well. I don't even remember. I, I had to be probably three and a half, four-ish, I would say. Um, so, man, I, I don't know if that's a bad thing, but my memories don't go all the way back then. But I would say uh, watching it, on you know pay-per-view back in the day watching uh like uh the caesar palace uh wrestlemania when yokozuna was in the main event and, and then and then uh hulk hogan came in at the very end did a little run-in impromptu match um so uh, i think being in in the uh my cousins the usos like uh den kind of living family uh tv room we just all pile in and uh, watching it on pay-per-view and watching their dad and then, you know, our other cousins as well. Um, being a part of the show was always something really cool. Yeah, your dad, when I was looking it up, your dad seemed to retire when you were fairly young, for the most part, like in, in terms of like, you know, being on the road constantly. Um, but when, you know, like Yokozuna and The Rock were, were in, the, in the industry, did you ever get to go backstage to any WWE events back then? Yeah, uh, actually, uh, man, I feel like, um, I think it was Biloxi, Mississippi. And this is like when Dwayne was just, I think he had just started turning into the rock and, and starting to display that persona. And uh, I remember seeing him and, and man, I couldn't have been, I, I was young, you know, like early teens. And I was with the, uh, my, the, the twins, the Usos uh, younger brother, who was about a year and a half younger than them. And we're just kind of walking out of catering and, and here comes Dwayne and, and man, he was just super nice. This was the first time I think I ever met him. And, you know, 
kind of real loud and, and just a huge hello and, and a, a big hug and a big greeting. Um, and then later on, we were just sitting on like one of the cargo crates, you know, one of the, you know, backstage set crates. And it, we didn't even realize we were right in front of the set and like, you know, within sitting there for like 30 minutes or so waiting on their dad. Uh, Dwayne was actually doing a, uh, a promo on the backstage set right in front of us. So it was it was pretty funny that we we didn't even realize like what what was about to take place in the next couple of decades and, and how big he's going to get. But man, from from the very beginning, he, he was uh, um, he, family. When since because like you said, you were a teenager at that time. And I like with me, I grew up in the Attitude Era as well. So I know just how popular wrestling was back then. Did people even believe you when you said that you were related to The Rock? Like he was like he was like a part of pop culture at the time. He still is. But then he was like just blowing up. Was it like I feel like if I told people when I was in middle school that I was related to The Rock, they wouldn't have believed me. They would think I was lying. Did people did like did people believe that you were related to The Rock? Yeah, I mean, you know, our family is so big that it wasn't even like just singling out Dwayne. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, we have so many, um, you know, former former professional wrestlers and sports entertainers in my family that everybody just knew. And I'm, you know, I'm from a small, you know, little beach town, Pensacola, Florida. So they already, everybody knew, you know, who our family was, our last name, um, and everything that came along with it within within the wrestling legacy. Did you feel like you had to be tougher when you were younger because of that? Because, you, you know, everyone knew you as like the wrestling family that you had to be, you had to live up to that? I don't, I don't think I felt like a, you know, a pressure to be tougher. I, I'd like to think I was a pretty tough kid. You know, I mean, growing up in, in Pensacola, there's only a couple things to do outside of going to the beach and, and that's playing sports and, Football. I started playing that when I was seven. Uh, I played baseball my whole my whole life. Uh, I played. I was you know I was a, a full you know like a, a full calendar year sports player. So athlete. Um, so I think just that mentality of playing football and then having that competitive streak and then also developing a killer instinct. Um, you know that that allowed me to be as tough as I needed to be. So let's get to. Uh the big topic here. I want to know, uh, what do you think about John Cena coming back for a match against you at SummerSlam? I think it's a brilliant idea. If I were, if I was him, I'd, I'd do the same thing. If I had a couple of movies to promote, you know what I mean? And, and I wanted to make an impact, I, I'd find the biggest star in, in, in sports entertainment and, and I'd try to pick a fight. So I think it's a very uh, clever, very business savvy idea you had. It's just not going to go the way he wants it. How much would you say that you've grown as a performer since the last time you and John faced off? Oh, it's tenfold. Totally different people. Um, had to go through everything um, that I've gone through. Uh, and, and that, you know, whole portion of it in 2017 was a big part of the process, too. So, I mean, kudos to John. And, and uh, you know, any, any performer, I mean, that's the impact of, of being a huge superstar, a megastar is, um, you know, you, you create that urgency for other competitors and other performers and, and other athletes to uh, feel the need to step their game up. So, I mean, that, that was all a part of my journey to get to this point now, um, along with many other, uh, you know, um, critical steps that had to be made. Yeah, I mean, when I see you now compared to then, I went back and watched that promo battle and it's, it's 
as strong of a competitor as you were then to see you on the mic now compared to then, I just feel like you're so much more comfortable now uh, than you were in 2017. Yeah, I think, um, you know, that that's kind of one thing. As an athlete, you know, I, I, that's what I've been my whole life. Um, I, I've never had like a, uh, you know, much trouble finding my footing within the ring and the physical, you know, aspect of the performance. But I think like anything, uh, fi finding your voice is, uh, it's, it's a whole different monster. Um, and, and it's probably more difficult, uh, especially when you're dealing with, you know, a public, a, a very large scale public speaking, uh, uh, scenario like we do being, being on, you know, a Friday night SmackDown or Monday night Raw doing it in front of, uh, you know, millions of people um, and then, you know, a whole globe of people watching. Um, it, it can be intimidating at times, but I think with everything, you know, you take your experiences, you take that that passion to get better at anything that you're doing um, and that drive to be the very best. And uh, hopefully you can you can make some waves and, and, and you know, gain some ground and, and get better at it. I think that what you just said right there about, you know, everyone watching you and, and just kind of like, you know, having to get comfortable in there. I think a lot of fans of not just wrestling, but of every television or entertainment medium underestimate just like the basic nerves that go into that. Like, you know, like there's millions of people watching you. And I think that a lot of times people can be so hard when they're watching, you know, a movie or a TV show or pro wrestling, not realizing that there's like a person under there who is trying to break through actual nerves that every single human being has. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's very real. I, like within the Olympics, you know, I've been going on for the past couple of weeks, just watching these athletes, you know, conduct interviews after, you know, even the ones that are very well spoken, they kind of say the same stuff, you know what I mean? And, and a lot of it's great stuff, you know, giving praise to God. It's all very important stuff, you know, um, but you you very rarely see that that whoa that that groundbreaking household personality take place you know without it taking a lot of time and a lot of development and then also understanding the uh you know the art of selling and the art of pitching something and promoting something and getting people to buy into something so i you know it's some people just have it and then some people it does take some time to learn yeah i absolutely and i think that you know uh <laughs> Charisma is not something that, like, I, I, you know, when I do this, like, when I'm not filming this show, I feel like I'm very talkative. I have no problem coming up with something to say. But when I'm placed with the top guy in WWE, who's the universal champion, it, sometimes I can find myself just kind of like being a blubber of, of words sometimes. So I totally get that. Like, there, there's always those nerves that are going to be behind you. Uh, do you think that beating John Cena is important in terms of continuing to establish the dominance of your head of the table persona? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I mean, uh, just right off the bat, obviously, if I don't beat him, I lose the Universal Championship. And and uh, that that throws a huge wrench in the whole game plan and, and what we're you know, what we're trying to do going forward. Um, and, and I think uh, also. I think what's special about, you know, the, this run that I'm on and, and the stories that I've told is I in just under a year now have made the Universal Championship, the most important championship in WWE, uh, the most important championship in sports entertainment. Uh, when 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 you put as much equity and as much value as I have on that championship uh, and really placed it at the pinnacle of this industry 
and showcase the juice that comes with it, the power, the respect, the money, everything. I mean, everything. It's it, if you're a, if you're a superstar who wants to perform in a in a wrestling ring in a, in a WWE, uh, you know, on a, on a WWE stage, especially, you should be gunning for the Universal Championship. So for me, it's it's tied into my character and and, and the stories that I tell, um, you know, on on, on Friday nights, um, very much so. So I, I you know I think. If for some act of God were to happen and I did lose, it, it it would change the whole dynamic of what I'm doing. Yeah, I think it would change the whole dynamic of WWE in general because I feel like right now you tr like I know there's multiple champions and there's other people and stuff, but I do feel like you know your reign is the most important thing in WWE right now. I feel like there's so much you know emphasis placed on it, and I, and I feel like it, it's weird for me to see fans talk about how they'd be totally cool with you holding the title for the next few years without losing it. It's, it's, it's interesting to me to go from like people being like, oh no, you know, Roman's being shoved down our throats to like, no, don't take the title off of Roman Reigns for a few years. So I, I think it's really cool uh, to see that. And, and, I, and I do think that you keeping the title is very important to just like WWE in general right now. And it's 2021 and you're saying that, you know what I mean? We, we have a very uh, fast food oriented uh, audience nowadays. It's what have you done for me lately situation. Everybody wants kind of some change as soon as they feel like they've gotten, uh, you know, the portion that they were looking for. So for me to still be, you know, to be almost at a year now and for it still to be interesting, for it to still be compelling um, I, you know, it just goes into the, you know, not, not just like the performance, but just the, the, the hard work and, you know, just the, the brainstorming and everything that goes in to being able to develop these types of stories. And, and, you know, that, that's what I hang my hat on right now is I, I'm the best storyteller in sports entertainment today. Um, and that, that's all entertainment is it, it's storytelling. That that's all it, I mean, we live in a world of storytelling now with, with social media and every, I mean, hell on Instagram, we, you literally have stories and people <laughs> want to know like by the minute what's going on. Like, look at these eggs I just cooked. It's great. I mean, to be able to like do that on the highest level and consistently do that. Um, can't nobody else say it but me. Is, uh, is the glove you wear a tribute to the infinity gauntlet at all? Nah, no, no, nah, I, I, you know, I, I after I did it, I like I saw you know the obvious uh, uh, parallels and comparisons kind of made sense, but no, I just uh, I just wanted to change it up really, and then you know with the character, and I said it before, everything that I touch is turns into gold, and that's kind of been you know my goal with this this chapter of my career is to to be able to lift everything up. Um, and I've done that not only with just my opponents, but anybody surrounding me within my storylines um, and within my narrative. Um, that That's something that's extremely important to me is when my time's done, you'll be able to really believe that I, I made this place. A, I, I left it better than I found it. Um, and I, I don't think, you know, there's a lot of people that can say that, you know, there's a lot of takers out there. Um, but I, I've somehow found that that fine line to take what I need, but also give back a lot. Um, and, and I don't think there's that many performers out there that can say that. I honestly, I, and we and I push for it, and I have so much respect for them. 
but I think Ric Flair is one of the one of the greatest to ever do that, and and that's that's always my goal in that position that I'm in now is to keep that credibility, um, keep that value, but also push everybody as high up as I can. That's been my favorite thing about your reign. You know, Kevin Owens, Cesaro, Jay Uso, now Jimmy. You know, just so many people that you've helped. Uh, bring up you know even edge edge has been gone for a long time you know edge hadn't been active for a long time and you brought you know these great matches out of him so um that's that's actually why i've been enjoying your reign so much too besides just the storytelling besides you know the character i really do like how you've just been able to bring as many people up as as possible how has it felt getting in front of live crowds again oh man i mean you just said it with uh with edge um you know, we had the six man in Houston and then uh, in Fort Worth, we had the uh, the pay-per-view and to have that match, man, it was awesome. Uh, uh, you know, and it, it was a uh, I, I've heard like the one critique of it was uh, it, it was a, a little bit slower pace, but we're heavyweights. You know what I mean? I'm not going to go out there, especially following like a uh, a stunt heavy uh, ladder match. We had to reset it and everything, you know, that I had in mind, the game plan um you know for the performance it, it just it really came came to fruition and and to see it develop and to hear the crowd in real time um you know interact and react to everything that was happening it, it was phenomenal it's been amazing to me when from wrestlemania and now on because i was there at wrestlemania it's been amazing to me to hear the crowd still boo you i was wondering if that was going to happen i was like well, i wonder if they're going to cheer roman now that he's a heel uh and it's been nice to see that that isn't the case have you been happy to see that you're getting the reaction that you were looking to get from the crowd yeah you know i think that just uh you know for for our hardcore fans and and you know our, our you know, our group of fans who have been here for a long time, you know, a couple of decades plus, I think they respect the performance and they understand, you know, the psychology and, and you know, the the emotion strings that we're trying to push and pull. Um, but I think overall, you know, our broad audience, our, our casual audience especially, has been able to really take to the storytelling and, and the nuances and the emotions that I've been able to convey um, and the reacting to it accordingly you know they're 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 in on the story they understand what's going on um yeah and they and they've done pretty much everything that we we've wanted them to do you mentioned uh how this has been almost a year of you doing this with the head of the table character uh what have you learned most sitting under the wisdom tree of paul Heyman in that year man i don't think i can narrow it down to one thing um There's so much, to be honest. Um, I'll just leave it at that. I'm gonna leave it real broad uh, because only the tribal chief gets special counsel from Paul Heyman. So I can't, I can't share all that. You know, we will have to. We're not fully out of character because, like I said, a lot of the character is me. Uh, but that counsel, that counsel is very expensive. So I'm not gonna be able to share the goods as, uh, as he would say. That's fair. All right. Well, we've reached the end here, but I got a couple questions about your finishing move that I want to ask you. Similar to my guest last week, Bianca Belair, I've already asked you my normal three closing questions, um, but so I had to come up with three different ones. So first, ha have you thought of any unique names to give your guillotine choke? Um, nah, you know, 
especially something so mainstream like a guillotine, um, you know, MMA, UFC, being such a, uh, a prominent sport now and, and, and just really on the rise in the mainstream, everybody kind of really knows what that move is. And we used to joke back in the day uh, when, when we'd wrestle Sheamus, um, he has a name for every move. It's like Irish this, Irish that. Everything's got to be Irish. And it was just like a little inside joke that we would just, every maneuver that he does, we put an Irish in front of it. So we were just like, man, sometimes it's kind of stupid to add, like to, to rename all these different maneuvers, you know what I mean? So for me, I think the guillotine's fine. Yeah, I'm, what are we gonna do? The, the tribal lock, or you know, I, I don't know. It just <laughs> seems kind of cheesy, and I, I like the. Uh, that was something that was very compelling to me, was how realistic and and reality based it is. And and I mean, still to this day, if, if you tune into a UFC pay per view or a fight night or something like that, at least man, 40 to 50% of the, the fights end in a guillotine, it seems like, or, or some variant of the guillotine. So uh, I'm fine with keeping it how it is. And, and lastly here, before I let you go, if you had to steal another superstar's finishing move from the past or present and make it your own, which would you choose and why? Oh, that's a good one. Um, well, when you're, is it stealing when you're on top? You no, I mean? it's if not you stealing can, when you're on top. You know, is, is is that stealing or is that like paying tribute? They, or if they're not, if they're no longer, you know, either with us or uh, performing, is it is it really stealing? So, I don't know. I, I can't narrow it down to one. But if you tune into SummerSlam, maybe you'll see a few new ones. Maybe you'll see <laughs> uh, at least for me and and my usage. Uh, but yeah, tune in because you're gonna see see a few new things out there. Yeah. I'm going to have a good time whooping John Cena's ass. So I'm just going to bust out new moves because I'm going to be in control smashing that bull anyway. So why not, you know? Well, I will definitely be watching SummerSlam. Can't wait to see it. And thanks again. I really appreciate you doing the show. It's always cool chatting with you. My pleasure, Ryan. Thanks for having me, man. Have a good one. That was the head of the table, Roman Reigns, the universal champion. Like he said, make sure you watch him at SummerSlam. I don't know this. I'm not, I'm not a spoiler person like Paul Heyman, but I have a feeling he's going to destroy John Cena, like he said. I think that's just my guess. That's my prediction. That's what I'm going with here. But until SummerSlam, make sure in the meantime that you go subscribe to this podcast on all the podcast platforms or whatever podcast platform you listen on, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, something else. Make sure you go on there and you subscribe to this show. Also, if you can leave a review or a rating, do that too. It helps us out. It helps other people find the show. And it makes me happy. So please go do that as well. And also subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's where you can find the video of this show every week, clips of WWE content, and a lot more. Also, follow us on social media. It's at WWE on Fox. Okay, that's it. I'm done. Officially tapping out for now. Until next time, I'm Ryan Satin, and this is Out of Character. Download the all-new Fox Sports app now. 